This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. Where, if this is your first Geekscape episode, we're going to be talking movies, video games, comic books, TV, pop culture, and hey, we're a week and a half away from Comic-Con, which is like the geek spring break. We're all looking forward to it. It's the busiest uh, week of our year, uh, and we're going to bring you there at booth 3919. If you guys are coming to uh, Comic-Con, come by the booth, say hi. We're going to have a bunch of free stuff to give away, including... We're not giving these away. We got some brand new shirts. <laughs> but we have a ton of postcards that are really uh, um, – they're going to be advertising our podcast slate. We didn't have that a few years ago. We didn't have a podcast slate. We had this podcast. But now we've got podcasts across the Geekscape network. We've got video games. We've got horror movies. We've got podcasts for all sorts of interests. Uh, we're going to have all those details at the Geekscape booth. We're also going to have my big Loot Trade box of giveaways – uh, I don't think Loot Crate knows that it's a big Loot Crate box of giveaways, but all I know is that Loot Crate sends me all their crates, and I love Loot Crate, and uh, I can't keep all that stuff. So it goes into a giant box. I'm bringing it to the booth and show up, probably have you dance or do something funny, and you get free stuff from the Loot Crate box. Uh, Loot Crate is our sponsor. Go to LootCrate.com slash Geekscape, put in the promo code Geekscape, and you get a discount from any of those cool crates that they've got up on the website. My personal favorite is the DX crate. It's the big one. It's a little more expensive, but I did get a cool Deadpool statue out of it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, ge- uh, use it. LootCrate.com slash Geekscape. Promo code is Geekscape. And I want to see you guys at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, thank you guys for listening. If this is not your first Geekscape, thank you guys as well for putting up reviews on iTunes. That really helps our visibility, giving us those five stars, and just sharing the show with your friends. We've been around for, wow, over 10 years now. And it means a lot to me that Geekscape is growing again. Definitely thanks to Westwood One, Lindsay K. Floyd and her sultry voice over here. That's definitely helped. Oh, watch out. They're like, oh, there's a girl here every week. I'm going. <laughs> Might hey, have to fight me off what? for those Loot Crate giveaways. You know what though. somebody said to me today? Battle them. I, I met this woman and she goes, and I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm a bit of a geek. And it's, you know, what it, 
it wasn't really. She's like, yeah, but that's cool now. I was like, it wasn't a middle school, high school, my 20s. And she goes, you're probably beating off the honeys now. And I'm like, no, not really. But that being said, it's good to be a geek. And Lindsay is here with you guys. So you know what? It's, it, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it now, this assumption that geeks don't get girls. I'm going to end it now. <laughs> All right? Because you're beating me off with a stick, right? Every podcast. It's true. <laughs> Girls and geeks are now synonym- like they're synonymous. It is cool to be a geek, but that is not why the girls are into it. They're just able now to admit that, hey, we were geeks the whole time. Surprise, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Um, all right, so let's talk because the last episode had Oliver Ridge on it, and I pre-recorded that episode because I was going to be out of town a lot of shit has happened since then. <laughs> I went to New Haven and I lectured at Yale for my old summer camp expo. You geekscapists who've been listening for a few years know that every summer I go and I I lecture. And they had me do like a 20-minute TED Talk on the Yale campus at the Schubert Theater, which is crazy. Um, if you guys want to hear that, go ahead and email me. I did record the, the talk. Um, it was about storytelling. And I, I was super nervous. Because uh, there was just a lot of baggage going back to your old summer camp that meant a whole lot to you and talking to a bunch of kids who are about to go into college at some pretty crazy universities and talking to them about how you make funny. (laughs) So I was like, all right, how do I not mess that up? Last year, I followed like an economist who used to work for one of the presidential, like like, (laughs) one of the presidents, and I followed like a historian and I got out there and I was like, uh, <laughs> comics are great. <laughs> I feel like that's a nice break from a historian or oh, anyone who worked for the president. I was like, I, I, got, I got off stage and I was like, what? You know, because I'm watching these people speak and I'm like, uh, they're going to think I'm an idiot. And I went out there and was like, just talking comics and movies, video games. <laughs> <laughs> and I got off stage and I turned to the Wendy, the woman who hired me there at Explode, and I was like, did I, did I just complain? completely messed that up. <laughs> like, what was that? Because all these kids are going to go to, like, Harvard and Yale and Penn. and da, da, da. They're still focused on the college party life. They're the only reasons I went, the only reason I went to Penn was because I went to this camp. So I know these kids are all sitting there cutthroating each other back in high school to try and get into the best schools, and I'm out there fucking talking about Pokemon Go. <laughs> and I was like, Wendy, did I just completely F that up? And she goes, they loved you. Thank you. And so I came back this year and I talked more funny. And I and, and you know what? It's recorded. I'll put it up on the feed, but I, but I don't think I should do it between now and Comic-Con because we got crazy things to focus on. To help me focus on those things, my buddy Hannibal Taboo is here. He's a comic writer. He is a storyteller. He's a futurist like Mr. Stark himself. He does a million things. We will be talking about those million things. And uh, yeah, it's my, you know what? We've met on the internet. We met. The internet is awesome. <laughs> Dude, we met on Facebook, and it's a really funny story, Lindsay. Because it's I, the best story. I knew about Hannibal just in periphery through fr- mutual friends of ours, like Savas Absobitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love him. He's I so love cool. Savas. And you, Geekscape, has known from like the first or second year of Geekscape. But uh, yeah, and then we ended up on the same chat. <laughs> The well, funniest like a, possible Facebook thread ever. And Geekscape is, you know, the the folks at Fanboy Press. Bryant and Dylan was here within the past year talking about what they're working on over there at Fanboy Press. It's, they just did a new version of Penguins versus Possums, I believe. Yeah, and they have this. And <laughs> his wife, Barbara, they're going to be at the Geekscape booth this summer um, at, at Comic Con. Just They have this new version of a comic book coming out. They, they have their own self label for, the, for, for publication, their Fanboy Press. And. Fanbase. Fanbase. Fanbase press. And 
the, Brian put out this mass Facebook message to like a gajillion people. Yeah, it was it was about two hundred fifty people, and he said, "Hey, we're having a premiere party. Feel free to leave this conversation if you want, but I just want to let you guys know we have a premiere party happening for this new Penguins versus Possums trade paperback." And I'm not the kind of person that sends a lot of mass Facebooks out. It takes too damn long to click it all. But Brian had taken the time to do it. He's including only people who are involved in comics and who might find some interest in it. And he is giving them an out. Mm-hmm. Feel free to leave the conversation. You know that those Facebook conversations die within a day or two. Because, I mean, they, they, you can always mute it. They always die anyway because the event happens a day or two later and then nobody talks on the thread anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I don't think it's cool to leave the thread. I don't. You know what? He's been through the <laughs> Bryant went through the trouble <laughs> of, of picking each of your names in order to like just let you know what's going on in his life. This is what we're working on. He's given birth to a brand new creative baby. Mm-hmm. The dude is proud. He wants to show you some baby photos and wants you to come and celebrate. All right, give you some free cake. I, t- I had a ton of cookies at the party. Oh yes. If you can't make it, you can't make it. But leaving the conversation without even saying goodbye mm. shows a level of disinterest. That is disrespectful, and you know what? Undeserving. But he does not deserve that. He's better than that. He is way better than that. So I just called it. I said, whoever stays in this conversation is better than everybody else. Go ahead and leave. We will judge you. And That's not I what you, you said. You will hunt I will them. hunt you down. <laughs> And I will hunt them with everyone else in the conversation. <laughs> and I just started talking. Like every hour or two, I'd check, see who'd left, talk shit. Start talking shit. I don't know if my eyes can get any wider. <laughs> I just started talking shit in the Facebook conversation. We're not even 40% in for the weird. <laughs> now it is something that isn't going to die in a day or two. It will die when they do. <laughs> so I'm in here, and, and people now don't know whether or not to leave the Facebook conversation because they're like, them out. "If I leave this conversation, this Jonathan guy I don't know is going to talk shit on me <laughs> or hunt me." And uh, the people who know me are like, "Hey, that was pretty funny," <laughs> but I'm leaving, and they leave. <laughs> they, they know it's just me being silly. And then, like after a day and a half of this, just lunacy. Hannibal goes, I think I like this guy. And you start talking. <laughs> I said, you'll have my sword <laughs> yeah, yeah. when we hunt them down. <laughs> now it's a posse. Now oh, it's a freaking my. mob coming at you. And we're all pick. I mean, I'm taking a trident and I'm hunting you down. That's my weapon of choice because you can't get all, you know, like, yeah, never mind. Are you Poseidon? No. I'm pissed on him. <laughs> I'm pissed on him. Pissed on him, king of the seas. Wow. Well, I've actually got a sword and a hatchet in my car, so I'm really ready to go. I yeah. think he's more excited for you, Hannibal, than the pretty yeah. ladies we've had in the studio <laughs> Hannibal, you are black in L.A. You cannot have that shit in the trunk of your car. No, 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 no. I, actually, there's a, I did get stopped, and the hatchet got, uh, the cops were not very happy with me. I'm like, I bought this for $7 at Target. Shut up. <laughs> so I don't worry. Wait, wait, what do you need a hatchet for? Yeah. You never know. Oh, actually, I've got a funny story with that. So yep. I'm in traffic, and this old lady bumps my car. And you I did? get out. No. And and she's like, she like flips me off. Did you take off. the hatchet out? So I'm like, oh, did you just flip me? Excuse me a moment. So I get the hatchet out. <laughs> so it's not even in the trunk. It's like. <gasps> no, it's right next to my driver's seat. So I bring it up to a window and I tap. I'm like, what do you think you're doing? And she's like, 
She's like literally this this old white haired lady and she's panicking, right? And I'm and like, was she ca- Caucasian? Yeah. So this white <laughs> she sees this black dude with yeah. a hat. <laughs> she instantly thinks, "Oh my god, he's gonna kill me." I'm on Pico. It was a little bit west of Sepulveda. <laughs> she just had a flashback to the 1920s. There was so I much traffic. Come out here to LA. <laughs> she's like, last time this happened, I was in a horse and buggy. And I looked at I looked at my bumper and nothing was really wrong. I said, "You lucky today. You're lucky. I got somewhere to be." And I got back in the car and. <laughs> Okay, listen. That that I don't My know if that's acceptable. People say that sort of thing to me a lot. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's just an average day in my life. Well, and there oh were no, like witnesses God. were. How did that not end up on the on the news, dude? Because yeah. that is so meme ready for have some know. dude with a hatchet and traffic, regardless of race. Just some think, dude with a hatchet. It's like it was yep. before. It was back in the flip phone era. So this is okay. before like you know camera phones were oh, as good as they are now. But is the hatchet still there? It's literally still there. Yes, right now in my yes car. hatchet justice. I feel like we need a photo with the hatchet after. I am <laughs> yeah, happy after to this do that. Podcast we are so we should probably we should probably warn our security guards so that they don't panic. We've had to have the police out a lot lately. What do you got going what on? What is that, Lindsay? There's <laughs> a halfway house down the street, and the guy oh. keeps coming down here and oh. fighting our security guard or Ooh. trying to. Well, shit, he pulled a knife awesome. on him a couple weeks ago. Well, so anyways, we should don't probably... Bring a, don't bring a knife to a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Let's go tap on the halfway house door with the hatchet. And we're like, hey, uh, we want to resolve this once and for all. <laughs> They're only $7 a target. Holy shit. Now, you got to practice throwing it. I have that done that. I've you do- practice yeah. throwing it? Like I'm, very, I'm very proficient. Mm. Sideways, like in God. the door trailer. I, I, when I get out of the car and I leave my 13-year-old daughter, I leave it with her. And I'm like, remember, it's a side swipe. If you go side. down, you're going to miss. If yeah. you go side, you got a better chance of hitting somebody. Is yeah. this The Walking Dead? Not yet. <laughs> Let's just say I like to be prepared for any eventuality. <laughs> what does your daughter you think of this? She I thinks mean, I'm completely ass. insane. She probably thinks you're nuts. So she goes to her friends. She's like, my dad is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love everything about this. So Geekscape is obviously when he spoke up. In this thread there for Bryant on Facebook, I was like, he's coming on the show. <laughs> he's coming on the show. Let's do this. And again, like I had known about Hannibal like in the periphery of being a creative online and being like, hey, this guy is in the uh, he's in the network. But we never had it. We never shared a we word. Never met. And immediately it was, it was like kismet. I was mm-hmm. like, this fucker is down. He's coming on Geekscape and we are going to talk. Uh, he, I mean, he does so much stuff, guys. Uh, the the one thing that he's got right now that if you guys are on like uh, digital platforms, remember when uh, I put out Miami Vice and it was digital first and then it was uh, printed. Mm-hmm. Um, same deal here. He's got this thing called Irrational Numbers. It's a series. It's a mini series of comics, and they are digital first. And they the reason is they they want to get them out before Comic Con. Absolutely, yeah. Right? The business model that the publisher Wonderman, Nate Wonderman works with. He sells a lot digitally. He sells a lot to libraries, and mm-hmm. he sells a lot in Europe. So when I told him uh, we were getting ready to do the book, I'm like, so we have to have it to Diamond by such and such a time for distrib- distribution. He's like, no, I don't. I'm like, yeah. What do you mean you do it? I can press a button. He's like, I'm not working in their system. Yeah, it's like a sucker. I was like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, you can press a button now and put your comics in front of readers, which is pretty insane. And I think the music industry is showing us that mm-hmm. it's like, hey, it is a artist centered model now. And it's becoming an increasing artist center model. In man, as much as Marvel and DC are zigzagging these days, oh, it's, spirit. it's <laughs> becoming more and more just hey, they, like you guys need to start learning from this indie model of zig and zag. And to to their credit, there have been things like embracing more indie creators in mm-hmm. their books, having a bit more uh, you know experimental storylines. But then you have 
the reaction where like something like Legacy will come up and or Captain America the Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Well, you, you do still need headlines, which is the hardest thing for indie creators to get. Absolutely, that kind of exposure, and especially because they really drown out the news cycle. Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. Oh, but I've got this other book. Nobody can hear you because Cap's a Nazi. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, and that story hasn't resolved yet. And I am reading uh, Secret Empire, and it's fine. I, I think Aww, you're I, so kind. I think it lands somewhere in the middle of like people who are just really against it, and people who are no, I don't think anybody's really for it. Nope. <laughs> but, I have not but, seen anybody for it. But but I'm kind of just I don't know. I think I think at this point my my DC reading is almost to zero, mm-hmm. and my Marvel reading is so cynical at this point. I'm just skeptical. I have, uh, and it and it hurts to to have something like. Spider-Man Homecoming come out, which is such a great... so good. And it's such a celebration of a character. And if you guys want all the spoilers about Spider-Man Homecoming on a podcast, I threw it up this morning, Ian Kerner and I, going heavy detail for over an hour on all the stuff in Mm -hmm. in Spider-Man Homecoming. Loved this movie. It's fantastic. And you have this, and then you go into the comic book store, and... Womp womp. There's three, four, five Spidey titles. There's five Avengers titles. There's four X-Men titles and counting. I mean, I... I just feel like the like dilution like the dilution of of these characters is there's there nothing feels like it matters anymore. So when they turn Cap into a Nazi, I roll my eyes and I read it, knowing that I'm not not getting any of the ancillary titles, mm-hmm. and that they've trimmed their market like down as far as my wallet goes. They've cut it down to half the books because I'm I'm done. And in this day and age, given the challenges that we face on in our real lives, to take what was this iconic, super inspirational hero and undercut him that way, it's 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 betraying the zeitgeist. It's it's betraying the kind of concept of what happened. To see uh, him standing there with the red skull after, I ca- I can't imagine Jack Kirby would have been happy with it. Jack, well, Jack Kirby did not kill Nazis for that to happen. Yeah, <laughs> the dude literally killed. Nazis, like Jack Nazis. Kirby killed Nazis. <laughs> they created Captain America, and now Captain America is a Hydra like leader. You know what? When I get a cosmic, you talk now. When I get my cosmic cube, I'm taking that hatchet away. <laughs> I'm replacing it with. You're welcome to take the hatchet because the other four weapons in the cosmic. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my god! Including his teenage daughter. I bet yeah. she kicks butt. I've got a cube. She's him. taking capoeira. Yeah. She's I've got a cube. Oh, she's like, ah, nah. she's like only the strong now. Only <laughs> my ass. Jesus Christ! It's a whole lethal family, and I like it. That is what you get here on Geekscape. <laughs> you get lethal guests. Um. So. Yeah, the the whole cosmic cube thing is an out with with uh, with Secret Empire, but the, the industry as a whole is heartbreaking. Tell me about irrational numbers. Tell me about this thing that is not part of this machine. It is such a different thing. It's based on it's a supernatural historical fiction book mm-hmm. that starts uh, with Pythagoras, the ancient Greek uh, mathematician. I read that one, and he becomes one of the world's first vampires through a very complicated series of events that uh, is explained in the first issue, and then. His apprentices kind of can't keep it together and go to war with each other over centuries. So the first book is set in ancient Greece, and the second book jumps to 1949 in Romania. 
and it bounces all over Europe. And I had to do a lot of research. I, I now know so much more about Romania than I ever thought I would need to know. But it's where the Romans come from. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. So uh, in doing so, it's this uh, character study with people who can never really get what they want, but they want so much and they have so much power and they cause so much destruction in trying to get what they want that uh, the responsibility that Pythagoras feels for this is overwhelming. And, and watching that transformation in these characters through this book is really engaging for me. I really, because uh, the seed of the idea came from the publisher and I just ran with it. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed working on this book so much. And also, it was nice getting paid for fun. Because, okay, he saw me on a WonderCon panel two years ago and out of the blue emails me says, hey, would you like to work on some books for me? I'm like, is there money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And I'll pay you up front and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, you want, yeah. you want a party? Let's yeah. party. And, Let's go. Yeah, I've been enormously happy with this. This is my first book with him. And uh, we're looking forward to announcing something else at Comic-Con at our 7 p.m. Friday panel. And you know Geekscape is that because he's there at Comic-Con, he's going to be coming to the Geekscape booth. And he's going to promote all this stuff in person, too. Absolutely. And maybe you can drag the publisher over there and we'll promote the books. There. If you guys have a panel on Friday at Saturday, you know night, maybe we do something on Saturday and Sunday to get you guys. And you can promote that. Or we do something Friday and promote the panel. It works either way. I will get him there. Yeah, let, let's work it out through email and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, have you worked with the Lion Forge folks? Uh, <laughs> like, Dave, like, the, like Dave and Carl are two good I friends have, of mine. It's a, that's a really funny story. I have written three books for Lion Forge that have, I have never seen, dude. that have never been published. And uh, Dude, okay, here's the, here's the, we have the same story. Well, the, the funniest, <laughs> I got this out of nowhere thing. They're like, hey, we have this thing for the United States Department of Agriculture. Can you write a book about soybeans? I'm like, yes. Of, what? They're doing comics for hire sometimes. Yeah. So I wrote this, I think it was like a 40-page book about soybean, and I had to make it this, like, rogue USDA agent and his his stern but uh, interest, romantically That's a lot interested, of hard work. Yeah, and I had to make yeah. characters because I had to make, uh, I understood what they wanted, but I couldn't make that work unless I built characters around and it. Give, giving, right. like making, designing something in which you finally find an in or give a shit, and I have had fun conversations mm-hmm. with Carl where they come to me with something, and I'll be, like, driving downtown L.A., at a stop to a stoplight and I'll see something and it all unfolds in your head. You know how you, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, exactly. it's like something just unfolds in your head and you, you're or in like, the shower. Got it. Mm-hmm. And I call Carl and I'm like, I know it's 1am there in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but I got it. <laughs> listen to this. And I just like tell him, I go all Marty McFly. I'm like, listen to this. I hold up the phone to my idea. <laughs> right? It's me, your cousin Marvin Barry. <laughs> <laughs> you back to the future fans will know that one. And I just hold the phone to my idea and I just spill it out to Carl and he goes, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, I'll uh, send you guys an outline and invoice within a week. Thanks, guys. Bye. And I mean, Carl and they were good people. They're so great. And, the, and you know, you get paid for the work. But then, like Miami Vice, like I had Shane O'Hare call me mm-hmm. like just yesterday, the the the, the host of our Geeks Geek Games podcast, and he's like, "Where's Miami?" He was like, "Did Miami Vice ever come out and trade?" And I was like, "Yeah, I have two of them." <laughs> and he's like, "Can I have one?" I was like. No, because I've only seen two of them. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> it's digital. No, no, my brother, you got to get your own. <laughs> you got to get your own somehow. And they're like, they're not both. Like, I think they maybe Carl and Dave, did you just print two to send me? <laughs> Let's be fucking clear here. <laughs> I have to because I ran into the new president Jeff Gerber. I think uh-huh. it was last year, and he was he came, he was like, wait, you wrote 
you wrote this thing about soybeans? Yeah. Because I was 17 pages in. I was like, this is fascinating. Wait a minute. This is about soybeans. He was like, he was like, How did you do that? I'm like, I guess I'm just trying to make it work. Because char- You found your end. Exactly. When you find a character and you care about the character, then you care about what happens to the character. Right. That's what I ultimately do. Oh, man. <laughs> soybeans. I remember hearing this story because the thing is, like, yeah, everybody loves comics and a lot of the corporate uh, there's a whole corporate side to comics that mm-hmm. we never see in our comic shops where companies are like, I need to make training material or mm-hmm. I need to make something like somebody was telling me about a Japanese company that I think was a coffee. I think they did coffee or or no, I think it was a, it was like a liquor and they wanted to expand their market in Japan. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hey, can you do a Japanese comic about tequila? Because they wanted to create a... Nobody asked me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm over. Japan. Yeah, they're huge in Japan, and they wanted to create an audience for tequila in Japan. So they wanted to create a story around tequila mm-hmm. for the Japanese market. And they, nobody came to me with this. I'm overhearing somebody else kind of figure it, wrap their head around the the task, and I was like, "Count me out. Count me <laughs> out. See you later." Whereas somebody, I'm listening, somebody shows I halfway up. had the story in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you show up with like, you know, granted, like. The pay changes everything. Mm-hmm. But I was also describing to somebody last week about how if you, you know, if it's something you really don't find an in on, the time and effort is going to take three times as long as something that you nail. Does that make sense? It's, so, uh, it's ironic that you say that because before I wrote Irrational Numbers, I used to say there were three things you could do to make me stop reading a story. Put in Nazis, put in zombies, and put in vampires. I would not have mm. anything to do with any of them. So when he pitches me this vampire book, I'm like, um, uh, and then like, like you said, I was in the shower and it came, I was like, this is how vampires work. This is what's been wrong. All the, I've got it. And I was, fine. I was off to the races. And so Geekscape is, if you're a vampire fan, we got a new bend here with irrational numbers and it, where, where can they find it? Like, where, they will find it on, uh, Comixology, Amazon, uh, Google play, you know, all those things. Also, they can go to the site Wonderman Comics. That's with a U, not a O, WondermanComics.com. They'll find it there on sale starting July 15th. So guys, you can read it on your train or you're playing at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Cause that's just in a couple days. You taking the train? I'm not. I have to drive the whole booth down there. Oh, uh, trust me. Like as much as I love having the booth there, Geekscape, it's like I am the guy who drives it up and drives it back. So mm. um, I miss the train. I think the train is the way to go to. Comic-Con That's what people kept back. telling me. So I'm trying yeah. it this year. No, the train is phenomenal. Make sure on Sunday when you come back. I'm coming back Monday. Coming back Monday. Perfect. I want to miss all the tra- drama. Because guys, Sunday you got to be at the train station like two hours early in order to get a seat. Or I'm, even I'm gonna be asleep train. until eleven o'clock on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I uh, you know, Matt Kelly's gonna be there. Derek's gonna be there. Uh, Zach Haddad is gonna be there. We've got Gee there. Like the the crew's gonna be there. And what I love doing is I love the show ending on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decompress and let people break down their booths for a bit. We come back to our booth. We break it down. We've had dinner. We go and get. Our, we go and like we we leave our. Because we don't want to park our cars at the hotels, we leave them. Uh, we at like a friend's house, and then we Uber back to downtown. And because uh, you don't need your car there, exactly. And so we go get our cars, and by the time we come get our cars and load everything up back into the the cars, traffic is pretty much gone back to LA. And so it's pretty nice. I've been in traffic at like eleven o'clock at night trying to get back to LA. It took me four hours. So that, I just I stopped coming back Sunday night. That paints a picture for when we come back. 
Yeah, I just I, it was easier for me because there's karaoke and gas lamp at this place mm-hmm. called Henry's, I think. Yeah, and I go to that and then I go to sleep and then I wake up at like eleven o'clock the next day and drive back and there's nobody on the road. It's wonderful Geeks Campus, but you know I'm going to be right here at nine a.m. the following morning that nice. Monday to talk to you Geeks Campus. So I got to be back Sunday night. You guys are going to be getting a shitty episode that Monday. <laughs> <laughs> that Monday, Lindsay's our new main host of the Geeks Game Podcast. She's going to be talking all about the Comic Con. Ratings stuff. exploded. <laughs> I mean, next week I got Matt Kelly here, so surprise, Matt. I know you're listening to the episode. Matt Kelly, the, the host of our uh, horror um, podcast, horror movie night. You're my guest next week, Matt, because we are going to Comic Con together, and I'm hosting you that weekend. <laughs> you know. The whole team's coming in, so Matt's going to come in, stay with me, and then we're going to do the podcast on Monday. We'll drive down on Tuesday. We'll set up the whole booth. Um, I'm looking forward to it. There's still a lot that we have to get done, um, and I've had the whirlwind week uh, two weeks ago when I was recording with Oliver Ridge, our last episode. Mm-hmm. That, um, I w- was planning to go to New York and do the, the thing at New Haven. I had a great trip to New York. I saw Baby Driver. Did you see Baby Driver? I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Um, I loved it. Everybody's telling me that. There are some people who have actually, I've started to see people be like, I don't get it. Didn't like it. Thought oh, it was too stylized. Right. I did see I was, one person who didn't like it. And right. for the most part, that's, I mean, I like Edgar Wright a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that he's working. His movies I've always really enjoyed. And Geekscape, as you know, Simon Pegg came on the podcast and talked about World's End. And I actually really like World's End. I think it had some really poignant stuff about getting older and things like that. It really resonated with me. Mm. So I've always liked Edgar Wright's movies. There's always been parts of Edgar Wright's movies where I'm like, wow, it's the pop stylization of it is exciting. Sometimes it's distancing for me. Mm-hmm. And if if it gets in the way of having an end to the character, then I, yeah, I have trouble. And so I'm always, now I'm going into Edgar Wright movies being like, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to want to love it <laughs> and try and bridge that gap. And when Baby Driver opened and you see this very long one take of him and there's music and you know there's a ton of music in this movie mm-hmm. Geekscape is, it's a getaway driver who has like a tinnitus. tinnitus in his ear he's got to keep the rhythm of the music he's got to time it with the robberies the t- time it with the getaways he's amazing and the action directing all that stuff's great that opening one like shot sequence I was like well, okay this is this is pushing it I don't you know I love this character but I don't want Edgar to be the, the star of the movie and you know what Edgar killed it. Mm. The, uh, uh, <laughs> he wrote some amazing characters, some great dialogue. The movie pops, and I fell in love with it. And by the end of the movie, I was cruising. John Hamm is great. Kevin Spacey's great. Jamie Foxx is great. They're all great. I, this is my favorite Edgar Wright movie. I had nice. so much fun watching it, Geekscape. It's been a great time to be part of pop culture. I watched, I watched Okja on Netflix with the giant pig. This mm. is the guy who did um, a movie I didn't love he did uh snow piercer oh you like that no because they have to go rescue their kids and they stop for sushi halfway was it good sushi <laughs> i don't know but i'm watching it i'm like <laughs> i'm like these are important mm, questions mm. i'm like you know what they still kidnapped your kids and that's still the goal of the movie and you guys are stopping for sushi this We're, is weird i mean you get weird. hungry <laughs> i mean they're all leisurely i was like <sighs> did you forget about the kids um i you know in i've, I've I've always enjoyed his movies. Again, I've always enjoyed his movies, and there's something that's like, wait a minute, head scratching. You're almost to the end, and then it stopped for monologuing. Stop, stop. Mm-hmm. And Oak Joe was, uh, it's just a fun movie that's almost a family movie about mm-hmm. this girl and this medically created 
Future Pig. <laughs> it's oh. such a weird movie, and Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in it is an anime character, and you gotta question whether or not it's an amazing performance or a terrible performance <laughs> because he's absolutely one of those loud anime characters and it's amazing um and then again i didn't get a chance to tell you guys when i watched it but i think netflix's glow is my favorite thing I've now seen I, this year. So I really really Holy liked glow shit i like so glow a lot good even though it was still technically annie from community just wrestling <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh annie's wrestling that's so hilarious guys glow is Awesome. It was real. They they built a lot of character stuff into what they were doing because I was not expecting. There's the, like the late twist with the, the the kiss that part. I was like, I didn't expect that character. I was like, oh, that's a really great character. All development the characters moment. have some yeah. amazing development. Every single character. Each has one of some them got their sh- arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, female creators kicking ass on that show. That is a show that I want back for season two. You know, my brother got asked to be a part of it with through, by Chavo Guerrero, who choreographed it. And you see Chavo's gym in the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked my brother, and my brother, I think, took a gig in Amsterdam wrestling. And then I'm watching this thing, and, like, our friends, like, John Morrison are in it, mm-hmm. and Christopher Daniels are in it. <laughs> I called my brother, and I was like, hey, man, remember <laughs> when you took that gig in Amsterdam instead of being in Glow? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I was like, it's really good. <laughs> it's really fucking good and he's like yeah i know (laughs) i'm like don't worry there's got to be a season two of this thing and chavo is straight up guy also works with the lion forge guys Mm -hmm. i know but like we saw chavo in december and i mean guys this show is fucking awesome yeah and i really like that they didn't shy away from the what was then casual racism and sexism Mm -hmm. of the era that was just literally everywhere and they framed it in a way that you know dealt with the fact yes it was there but even the people there didn't just stand for it you know Mm -hmm. the what they did with the main character uh cherry Mm -hmm. uh, when she was a she was like fighting for her right to be represented properly or or the other uh uh character beirut Mm -hmm. she was like can we just stop saying beirut please i know there was so many really great moments throughout that that I really enjoyed. Did you watch all of it, Lens? I binge watched it in a few days. It's nice. phenomenal. It's really, really exciting stuff. Goose, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I'm a big Mark Maron fan, and I love listening to him every week and watching the show. Uh, I mean, obviously, the wrestling angle brought me into it. I'm not a big wrestling fan, Geeks Hips, as you know, but my brother did the WWE thing for years, mm-hmm. and he... Oh, I guess he's still on Lucha Underground. If you guys are watching Lucha oh, Underground, cool. like he's doing that. So uh, I was a big I was, guys. Glow was phenomenal. Yeah. Allison Bree was phenomenal. Marin was phenomenal. Everybody in that was amazing. And that's that's kind of the entertainment week I had. My fucking mom's house burned down. Whoa, that's all bad. <laughs> oh nice. man, everybody okay? Everything was going great. I did. You escape is no one comes in once a year. Like the anniversary of my older brother Daniel's death. And I'm sitting there, like, right, like, feeling it on, like, two Thursdays ago on the tw- June 29th. Comes every year. Can't skip it. Mm. I'm like, guys, don't drink and drive going into the July 4th weekend. I mm. tell, uh, you know, I write a post about my brother being killed by a drunk driver. And everybody's being really emotional. And you know what? Former guest Mike Wellman from the Comic Bug. Mike is so great. Mike's phenomenal. And Mike wrote me and said, Jonathan, because you wrote that. Not that Mike is an irresponsible guy. Um, but he said, I absolutely took like Ubers this weekend mm-hmm. because you reminded me of all that and this and that and there's just no excuse to not take Ubers anymore. There's no excuse to drink and drive ever but now in the age of Uber and Lyfts it's mm-hmm. it's like come on. And Mike just wrote me a personal note that he had thought about me because 
you know, not that that was why he did it, but he was lifting and Ubering that weekend, going out, and he wrote me a nice note and said, Jonathan, like, I thought of you. And I was like, oh, my God, that made me feel so good. I wrote that, so I wrote that post, and people were saying, hey, I reconnected with some of my older brother's friends mm-hmm. that wrote me on Facebook because they started sharing it among their, his high school years, like the people who went to school with him. And I reconnected with people I hadn't talked to in 15 years who I had wanted to reconnect and hadn't been able to find. And Mm -hmm. they'd gotten married, changed names, you know, and I was like, okay, didn't know how to find them. And, uh, and that was great. (laughs) I talked to my mom and she's like, my house is on fire. (laughs) Like while she's on the phone with you? This is in Santa Fe. She called me from a neighbor's and said, the house is on fire. And she's watching the house. It took them six, like took them six hours to contain. My mother is an oil painter. Her, 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 I mean, something happened in the garage. State Farm's figuring it out. It hit the oils, I guess. It hit everything. Her husband, Tom, my stepdad, is a art collector. He'd been collecting <gasps> historic oh, no. art for no, 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 years. No, no, no. It's gone. Oh, old man. Star Wars toys, all the <gasps> old junk. It's gone, guys. It's gone. All my older brother's things. I had thought about making a chair out of his deck, his skateboard decks. My late brother's things. It's all gone. My first thought was, thank God you're safe. My second thought was, Great. Now when I bring people to the house, you won't spend a day showing them old embarrassing shit. Because <laughs> it is gone. That was literally my second thought. I was like, okay, good. Now we don't lose a day with you show, like doing the parade of old crap. Classic. You know, and, and I mean, the truth is my mom, like, you know, she, mom, I love you, but like you were stuck in time with Daniel's death. And now all the stuff that was, you mm. were holding on to, all that stuff that was literally just stuff. And I hate saying it because it was a loss for you to let go of that stuff but it's been taken away from you and geeks gave us somebody's like, why are you talking so casually about this? Your mom's house burned down. She's having a really tough time with it. She's in a motel now trying to figure out what the next step is to putting the life back together. And she's in her sixties going mm. or like, it's not a good stage to reset. That's what she needed to be doing 20 years ago. Just got to tell you guys, like sometimes the universe tells you the message, whether you want it or not, it's time to kick in the now. And mm. like, I love my mom. And don't worry, I will find a way to reset your Gmail password. He <laughs> <laughs> called me yesterday. I was like, Juanito, my Gmail password. I was like, I don't know it, Mom. Aww. But you set it up for me. It doesn't mean I remember your password, but I'll look into it. You're okay, supposed Mom? to write it down for her, Juanito, Jonathan. Juanito. You can't have to be tech support I'll for life you, if you start that I'll way. call you in yeah. an hour. I'm like, no, Mom, I'm figuring out tomorrow. Like, let me... You better call your mom. Later. What she got to do? She doesn't have anything. I was like, "What do you need a Gmail for?" Well, you, sure, because she needs to contact else. people. Let her do something. Business. Like, I mean, insurance stuff could be coming through there. She got a phone. There. She can get on the thing on the phone, but like, no, she's in her. Is 60s. there mail on her phone? Yeah, she can't do it on her phone, dude. Get your. All right, I'll get, get on it. I'll get on it. I'll get on it. I'm here with Hannibal. God. Please. I wouldn't have even shown up. I'd be like, dude, go do your mom. Come on. Deal I'm going to do my mom. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean. <laughs> All, right. All right. Don't be that guy. Hopefully your mom doesn't <laughs> listen to this. Sorry, mommy. She can't. She doesn't know how to work it. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> see? She can't even listen to your show. How is she going to get guys, Google on her phone? All around Santa Fe, people are going to be looking for you at that hotel. Like, <laughs> I've gotten my I got ass something to show. Kicked. play you. <laughs> so as good as shit's been, I've gotten my ass kicked. Got my ass kicked. I still feel like I'm in New York. Aww. But. It's a good time to be a geek. We're going to the San Diego Comic Con. Yes, sir. <laughs>
Hannibal, what else do you have planned for Comic-Con? Like, how do you even prep for this crap? Wow. Well, uh, first of all, I don't sleep very much. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that is a given. <laughs> My wife took the time to go out of town for some reason this weekend. I was like, and working until 1.30 every day. And what so, are you working on? I, uh, well, I had to get the PowerPoint together for my 7 p.m. panel because, I, you know, it's like you got to have the, oh, and one more thing from Steve Jobs so you can yeah. show the uh, PowerPoint slides there. So I had to do that. I have a script for, I'm not allowed to say it, cool. that I, uh, is due on the 15th. It's due on the 15th. Uh, so, and we'll be, annou- like I said, we'll be announcing that in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, I have the two web comics going. I have that stuff uh, happening. And I have four or five other projects that are room. Actually, no. Because there's another thing that I'm supposed to announce at San Diego that I had to get the art from my partner with. And it, so there's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving pieces. When's and, too much? Uh, Talk I, to me. When is too much? Because I look at your website and it says DJ, futurist, writer, designer, web guy. And I'm like, when's too much? I think I passed too much about two or so years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I grew up with uh, I grew up with my great uncle who he was born in like the 20s. And he was like, he was a real salt of the earth, Booker T. Washington kind of guy. And he was like, you're going to have to work three times as hard to get ha- twice half the credit. I said, isn't right. it twice as hard? He's like, not for you. <laughs> so right. I've Where'd always had that. Uh, in Memphis. He grew up in Memphis. So yeah, he's seen some shit. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. So I just always think, you know, uh, there'll be. he also said there's plenty of time to rest when you're dead. He's, of course, is dead now. Uh, <laughs> how's, he, how's, how's he doing? Uh, well, I break out the fine. Ouija. Let's go. <laughs> break out the Ouija. We're going to see Am how I he's doing. He wasn't very chatty when he was alive. <laughs> he so was it's hard a, to say. Uh, <laughs> he's probably spinning some yarns now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just like watching Gunsmoke mostly. That's what oh, he likes shit. to do. He loved D- that guy Marshall Dillon on Gunsmoke. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I probably passed that a long time ago. My wife would definitely think I passed that a long time ago. But uh, I've only got one shot. To right. be this time, and you, you're never going to be the hot. I mean, I won the Top Cow Talent Hunt in 2012. I'm mm-hmm. never going to be the hot new writer again, so I have to strike while Aaron's hat. Do you still work for Matt and like those guys who were at Top Cow at all? I haven't been a uh, Matt and I have been talking back and forth for a couple of years about different projects that we've wanted to do together, but I haven't found the right thing that fits the business model for what he's doing yet. And uh, I've, like I said, I've been doing a gajillion of things. Right. What was the process of doing that talent search? It was a talent search, but uh, by then you'd already, I mean. I know that by, I mean, 2012 just happened, and, like, I know that, like, by 2012, your work, I mean, you're you're busting your ass already, and that's what you gotta do. Yeah, but my first published work was Top Cow. My first mm-hmm. published work was Artifacts 35, yeah. uh, which was, I was very fortunate to have both Nelson Blake and Michael Avon Waming on art for that, so that's for my insane. first book, what? Well, that's insane. I learned so much. Uh, and, yeah, so the process, he said... That year, the rules were you're going to turn in eight pages of script. I turned in 22. Uh, you're like, no, just here's a book. I was like, yeah. I'm like, if I already know what's going to happen, why not just write the whole freaking script? Yeah. And uh, at the time, my eldest daughter and my wife were on an enrichment voyage with Semester at Sea, their winter thing. So they mm-hmm. were in South America. So I just took care of the youngest kid and wrote nonstop like a crazy person through it. I'm trying not to curse, but no, I'm like, you can, you, curse. you can curse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes I'm us more kids, comfortable. <laughs> I'm around kids so much that my cursing filter just stays on. Sure. Uh, and yeah, and then on December 28th, because it, it was cut off was a New Year's Eve, I just hit send and I just let it go. And then I found out at WonderCon that I won. And I walked into WonderCon. Somebody said, hey, I saw you won this thing. You want to write something else? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it was just, that's WonderCon kind of 2012. That was 2013. 2013. 2013. And things just steamrolled from that. I mean, I've still been going off of that. So I'm enormously grateful to Top Cow. I'm enormously grateful to Matt for the opportunity. And yeah, 11,000 stories went in that year and 3 won. And I was 11, one of 11,000. Mm-hmm. 
11,000. That's what he told me. How <laughs> shitty do you think a lot of those were? I mean, think about it. Like, who... So You know what I mean? Like, like you're a professional. I am. I'm, I'm guessing those top three were professionals. No, so, no. All of us were brand new. I, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, by, all by, of us by, were good, by, though. By, yeah, by professional, I mean, like, respect the format, mm-hmm. know how to write. A trained writer. Trained writers. Mm-hmm. I wonder what percentage was trained writers and how much of it was, like, an easy answer. Where they're just like, nope, 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 the nope, The way he nope. said he went like through things. like post-its and shit. Yeah, he just looked. He said, the second somebody gave me a reason to stop reading, I stopped reading. Right. The you second. have to with 11,000 yeah. entries. And yeah, he's like, I could not put your script. And when I got, the, I was like, I'm on page 17. Wait, there's seven. What, what is it? I went past the eight. <laughs> he said, I didn't even notice. I was so into the script. And yeah, I was very happy to get that kind of feedback after, you know, toiling in obscurity for, you know, in 1999, Eric Stevenson was saying, you should think about writing comics. I was like, wow. oh, maybe I'll write comics. Well, what, did you, what did you been doing before 1999? Well, I mean, I've worked on the web. I work on websites uh, as my quote unquote day job. Sure. And I've been doing that for forever and that's how i met eric stevenson who's now the head of image uh i hired him as the editor of this site called next planet over which was a comics retail online site yada 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 and he says hey you should start writing reviews for us because i know you've written for you know rap pages and the source and black Enterprise. you asked him to do that no, he asked me to write reviews because right. he needed content and i was sure. like oh whatever and he just kept encouraging me he encouraged me to get the job at comic book resources so i'm very grateful to him he kickstarted my entire career mm-hmm. uh so i'm very grateful to him and he kept pushing me and said you should do this you should do this you can get out there and people will hear your name and and i followed that and it's worked out and eric stevenson is still putting out my favorite comics like i think the stuff that they're doing over at image he's always pushing the envelope fantastic. that's what he lives to do um you're gonna write some you gonna bring them some stuff or what come on no, I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not looking for like a... No, like no, a, there's, yeah. a, there's a funny story. Eric, many years ago, I'd written this uh, piece about the marketing around the Brian Azzarello Cage book. And he says, do you think you could do a better version of Luke Cage? I'm like, I could do a better version of Luke Cage in my sleep. He's like... Yeah, that Brian Azzarello <laughs> one really ruffled some feathers. I did not like that <laughs> marketing a, or the it book. It just came out hard. Like, it was like... Yeah. It, it felt like... It felt like that the the girl from college who like does her does her like you know what I mean like she goes and studies like in France for a semester and comes back and acts French yeah and mm-hmm. I was like you're pretending to be French yeah I, I, it was it felt that way to me too and he says write me up a thing let's get this going so I got Eric Battle who worked on Aquaman and some other books to do art and I did this whole pitch on my quote unquote better take on Luke Cage and he, Eric was like this is amazing I love this okay I just got to run this past some people we're gonna see what's happening. He uh, sits on the desk of the publisher at the time was Jim Valentino. Yeah. And uh, my other friend, Alan, worked there. He says, whenever Jim gets a book with an Asian character, he comes to me because Alan was Korean. Whenever he gets a book with a Latino character, he goes over to this guy and says, what do you think it is? He doesn't have any black people in the office to ask. Right. This has been sitting on his desk for seven months. And it sat and it sat until he was out of the office. And when he was out of the office, then Eric Larson came in as a publisher. Eric took one look at it and said, Eric Battle. He didn't support me on my Aquaman beef with Peter David. No. This book is out of here. No, the the the, the cut off hand beef. When Eric Larson had uh, like Arthur's hand cut off with the that's, piranha thing, that's and- what killed my book. And you know it 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 just didn't. Ha- so Eric Wait, and I have tried. No, he's even reading Savage Dragon anymore. I, I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> I mean, with the new nudity thing, people are looking at so. Oh, oh there's, a, there's nudity in Seven Dragon now? He, he's, Green he's gone very TVMA. Eric. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I used to read that like in our comic book store back in like 96. It's a creative decision that he wanted to make. I got to respect. I mean, he, he said 
he would like to do nothing but make Savage Dragon until he dies. And, he's, and that's fine. But he's like, happy with it. You can't take a look at one thing, see that one person's connected to the book, and toss it over your shoulder because yes, you, you had a beef with somebody. If you're in power, you can. <sighs> mm. So, you know, and again, I'm not mad about that because I, you know, I'm, I'm making really good money this year having comics as a side hustle. And I'm writing stories that are important to me mm-hmm. and I'm having fun and I'm not mad about that. So would I take an opportunity if I got in an image or Top Cow or wherever? Absolutely. You know, I always say, if the chick's right, I'll be there at night. But <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be in some trouble. I would, I would be careful with that one. I have gotten in some trouble I've, with that. Um, I've worn some weird stuff. I, I, I've <laughs> DJed some gigs that were very exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> but... Uh, it, it's it's worked out for me, and I'm very happy with the career that I have. I'm very happy with the direction I'm going, and I'm not chasing anybody. You know, I'm not. I'm I'm telling the stories I want to be telling, and that's the most important thing for me. Right, and what, like, what would you be proudest of? The thing that, well, aside from my family, right? Uh, <laughs> you can say that. The work sure. that I'm proudest of right now is uh, my creative partner Quinn McGowan and I. We were working on this project, Wildfire Book, and. He had a kind of basic idea. A flying guy who blasts stuff, fights giant kaiju in the streets of Memphis. Fictional Memphis. And we worked together to make that into this kind of grand tapestry of a story to have resonance and meaning. And now the story is developing. Like Street Justice, the book we're working on now, deals with, you know, civic corruption and crime and superheroes who just support the status quo and don't really, you know, do anything. He's called on the carpet for like, you're up there flying and distracting from people while people are dying in the streets. Right. And these are not conversations that are happening in comics. I'm enormously proud to be a part of that. And in, in the, the, these are the books that you guys have over at uh, Operative, Operative Network? Network? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And you, and you guys had a free comic book day, President. Mm-hmm. Like you guys put out, how many titles do you guys have over there? Uh, five now. Five. Yeah, well, well, one, two, three. Yeah, it's five. And do they have to be socially conscious books or like they just have to be I don't en- engaging dictate. on a way that like they just have to be fresh? Yeah, they just, I mean, I follow what Christopher Priest used to say about comics that, you know, you have to tell a good story. And if that story tells some, says something important along the way, that's fine. But your main goal should be to tell a good story. Right. And I stick to that as well. I mean, because like the Menthu book is just basically, I was like, I'm going to knock down this motel downtown. I'm going to knock down LA Live and I'm going to trash this other part of, uh, of Griffith Park with a superhero fight because I was, that was just where I was. <laughs> uh, so Stuck in traffic? Uh, yeah, basically. I was like, all of this has to go. So, <laughs> Griffith Park is a beautiful place. I know. It's go- yeah, the scenery, Robert Roach, the art that he did there, the perspective shots are really panoramic. They're coming up because it comes out a page a week. We did... We, we finished the book like two years ago. Okay. So I just have to remember every Monday, oh, right, put a page up. So uh, we just finished, we just hit the two-thirds mark this morning, and then uh, it'll go through the end of the year. And then at the end of the year, we take down all but a couple of pages to preview, and we sell it online. That's cool. And those wow. are all available on Operative Network. Those are all available. And that, I mean, the operativenetwork.com or? It's operative.net. Operative.net. Mm-hmm. Just operative.net. Don't even keep think it about, simple. Just keep it simple. And so these are also digital first books, mm-hmm. and... Like, if you guys are reading weekly comics, you're reading weekly, you've got the whole story free. If not, you're late to the game. It's okay. you got to pay for it, though. <laughs> and, yes, sir. Um, and it still comes. Any, you guys are going to publish those things in print? Mm-hmm. We're going to have, uh, every year we go up to a convention called the Black Comics Arts Festival in mm-hmm. San Francisco. And we're going to have print editions of the Mentho book there. Uh, if I if we finish it in time, because there's a lot of story left to tell with Street Justice, if we finish it in time, we'll have that as well. We'll also have uh, last year's book, which we finished, which is Interproject Torrent, for the first time in print at uh, BCAF. So we uh, 
And then we'll have them hopefully available to ship to people because I'm really bad at mailing. My wife was like, you need not to do things that are physical. You need to just stay online. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be some way to be able to... F- it's print on demand. Yeah, we're, we've got to be able to do We've that. met a guy. Uh, this guy, Jason Reeves at 133 Art, is doing some really great work there. So we're going to probably be working with him with that. And what about um, bringing stuff down to L.A.? Or is there something that we could see in San Diego next year? Or is, are some of these printed books something that you could bring to, like, Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con oh, yeah. and stuff? I... I I want to say I'll have them uh, because I'm trying to think of my uh, uh, finishing because I don't want to put it, bring the books to uh, like if I do Menthu because yeah. it's done. If I bring it to Kamikaze and people are like, ah, I don't need to read it online anymore. So I'm going to save everything. What do you mean? Everything. Because. Uh, uh, oh, because it's still coming out. It's still coming out. No, no, yeah. no. You, you can really only bring the print ones out for stuff that is no longer available online. Yeah, yeah. Like so you really got to do that. That's the plan. That's for sure. But the, I didn't know the Operator Network was so new that you guys are still finishing stories. Yeah, that we're still finishing to get to these print. two. The only one that's 100% complete for us is uh, the Project Torrent book from last year, which ran 44 weeks straight, and we had a good time with that. And But I didn't have time well, because of the holidays. Yeah. I didn't have the money to get together for BCAF this year. I will have uh-huh. that. Fir- we're well, starting in print in January. And then next year at cons, yeah, I'll definitely have stuff to sell. How big is BCAF? Uh, it's about, it's a two-day festival. It's run by the city of San Francisco uh, with uh, Professor John Jennings, who's now at Cal State Riverside. He came out from SUNY New York. And it's 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 a big thing. You know, Dave a- Walker was there last year. Uh, J- Brian Michael Bendis was there. Uh, it was, you know, it was a good convention. And it's a black creator convention it's a, or is it black comics? It's a black comics convention. So, like, Damien Duffy was there. He's white. Uh, and, uh, like ben, I said, Bendis, Bendis was there yeah. talking about uh, Miles Morales and whatnot. So, it's an inclusive festival. It's open to everybody. I mean, we had it at the Metreon, which is right there in the middle of down. Uh, it's right by the uh, Tenderloin. It's sure. a little bit east of that. And it was it was really fun. I got a really cheap Airbnb. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's a great convention, and I'm really enjoying doing. It. And hopefully, I'm gonna be. John has asked me to take a bigger role with the convention than because I just did a panel last year. Because you can't say no to jobs, dude. You've met me. I. <laughs> it freaks me out a little. It does freak me out. I am. I am. I'm trying to pace myself. I'm. I'm trying to eat healthy and stay hydrated, so I'll be around for my girls. But yeah, um, yeah. That's what we, I mean. That's what we're because. Like saying no to stuff, you might be able to hike up the price on some of these other things. I, yeah. I will. There's not very many no's. I think. I, well, uh, Sam Jackson has this thing. He's like, I never say no to a movie. Send me a script and send me a check. We know, and I'll be there. We, we know that. We know that. And Sam is the highest grossing actor in the world. Collectively, over time, over because, all but he's in movies. those Avengers movies. He's kind of cheating. The Marvel. Tell movies that to his bank account. Yeah, no, you're right about that. <laughs> you're right about that. <laughs> highest grossing or highest earned. Okay. I, Has he earned his, all that money? Because I know his movies have earned well, all yeah, that money. Exactly. His movies, so they did an algorithm between, because The Rock is like number three on the Yes. List. And uh, a mo- movies with him have earned so much more than even the closest competitor right below it. So right. even if you add in, you know, Caveman's Valentine and all right. the Right, but if there was films, Caveman's Valentine 2 coming out, yes, like tomorrow, I don't think anybody, I mean, is he a bankable star or does he have to be in these four color funny books? I don't know. Does that make sense though? Like, yes, yeah, you can say that. But I, I think with Dwayne Johnson, people are going to the theater to see Dwayne Johnson. Absolutely. Like, like Baywatch just passed 100 million globally. Mm-hmm. Like, people are going to see Dwayne Johnson. But I mean, what I'm saying is, Sam has never got to worry about working. And I like that. But, dude, I will go see a Samuel Jackson because he was 
in Coming to America, and it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that when he tries to hold the place up? Remember that? I do. I do. Coming to America, we, we just rewatched it with uh, my wife. Recently. It's the best Eddie Murphy yeah. movie. What else is better? This Boomerang is, a, is really good. Coming to America, really good. He does so many characters yeah, in this yeah. Coming I mean, to America, yeah. but I mean, it's like it's Coming a, to America it's a greater is performance so for him. Fucking awesome! And when you get like Joffy Joe Fur in there, and he's like, "I'm Rulers <laughs> Munda." He's like, "What is that velvet?" <laughs> That's it's, nice. He's wearing a, a fucking really lion. Well project, uh, yeah. But I just like the 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 fact that Boomerang, which recently had an anniversary, Reggie Hudlin was pu- posting about it. Boomerang. Oh, yeah, he wrote. Uh, he, uh, he, that's his movie. Mm-hmm, yeah, and the, the Boomerang came out, and people were like, "An all black company? This doesn't make any sense." And they were like, uh, "Johnson Publishing? What do you? I mean, what are you even talking about?" So it was such an impossible idea at the time, and now you know, there's kids who've grown up, and they're like, "Wait, there's been presidents that weren't black before this? What are you talking about?" Isn't that nuts? <laughs> yeah, Isn't and that nuts. That 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 change in the mind has. I think that's important. I, yeah, no, guys, anything is possible. You can have the son of a Klansman show up and be president today. Oh, my God, the Trump thing just depressed me. His <laughs> dad wore a fucking hood. Yeah, well, Clinton's dad was no real angel either. But guys, anyway. but, <laughs> I mean, we all thought we turned a corner, remember? I didn't think that. You didn't think, uh, no, you're right. It's like that sketch that they had on Saturday Night Live where, like, Chris Rock was watching the uh, election results come in. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. And the liberal people were like, I'm so shocked and there's like yeah no <laughs> uh, no yeah no that was the best sketch that came out that night painful as it is it's painful that's the but best sketch no you gotta carry a hatchet remember kids true story it's seven dollars <laughs> a target now why do you carry a fucking hatchet for oh, no, real no. like i have like, it in the car like, i don't why, carry it i know i know but like why is there for like that's the question i never even asked okay i was just rolling with this crazy <laughs> shit i got to la in 91 to go to usc right before the riots and things got super exciting, super fast. No power, no this, right. no that. So I started to make a set of rules for myself. I never live farther from walking distance from or uh, or drive walking distance from uh, a convenience store sure. or driving distance from a mall so I can have something to loot if I have to. Okay. Uh, and if I do, you know, uh, in the same way that, uh, what's the name, Michonne on Walking Dead carries a sword, you're going to run out of bullets. I'm not going to run out of hatchet. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. So, so literally, like, you came in the Rodney King riots and all that stuff. Like, that, that shocked like, you into this brand new thing. is not really a thing. No, it's and I not. agree with you. I mean, I think that people are fucking nuts, and the second water runs out, that we we start figuring it out really mm-hmm. quick where everybody is. Um, it's something that we wanted to explore a bit more. Geekscape is on Dock of the Dead, and it just didn't come out. But, like, that's the whole reason that in that movie I'm talking to, to preppers and stuff, I think that mm-hmm. the zombie obsession is... Our obsession with our own mortality, I and mean, we can't discuss these things like yeah. Katrina and stuff because it's too real. So we discuss a fictional creature. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's why you carry a hatchet. Not bad, not bad. I think it's why I keep water in my car at all times. So there's that, water in sure. my car too. But like a I said, hatchet. if I'm close enough to Seven Eleven, I'll get some water. I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> no, a hatchet's good. You can break windows. You can do that. You can defend yourself. Okay, okay. Not a trident though. Hmm. Okay. I, well, I have a sword on the other side of the car. Fucking sword. Oh my god. What? Sword, yeah, you got to have swing room. Uh, that's why Tell I, I got the hatchet. Like, like, you, you practice know. with the sword, yeah, yeah. But I, I practiced, I took Shotokan for a lot of years when okay. I was younger, and I learned basically. And it's not the katana because the katana's at home, that's right. a bedroom, of course, yeah. You know? Uh, but it's but more you own a, a gun, 
I'm not going to say that okay. on the radio. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, you're allowed to you're allowed to own a gun. Yes, yes, but a black guy with a gun is significantly no. different than a black guy with a hatchet. You no. just told us all about the hatchet. No, 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 no the hatchet. The hatchet you carry in your trunk. That's on the, no, it's, it's no, it's, 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 it's in the it's, car right yeah. next to the driver's oh, seat. If you sit if it. you sit down wrong, you're going to get a hatchet in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can become women real quickly. No, I, I'm okay with with gun ownership. I'm okay with gun ownership. I'm As okay am with, I. Like I'm okay with that stuff. Um, I get what you're saying. I get. I do get what you're saying. Um, the katana, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. What ninjato? None of that stuff. The ninjato thing is just a joke between Shane and I on the, you know, the chubby kids who <laughs> cut up fucking Mountain Dew bottles. You know what I'm talking about? Friend, yeah, and because uh, most of my friends had nunchucks, and most the of them, fuck, you gonna do with nunchucks? nunchucks. You will break yeah. your damn nose with it's a the nunchuck. Worst possible thing for people. That's why you use a manriki. Okay, <laughs> I throw it, trip you. And I hook you in. People don't have the coordination for that. They got to roll Constitution saving throw for that. <laughs> Do you remember the superhero in Seattle who was like doing his thing? Oh yeah, yeah, Phoenix Jones. Phoenix Jones. I, I, I had Phoenix saying, Jones on a panel. I, w- I was like, I want to be a supervillain now. He made me want to go. I was like, oh, I need to suit up. Phoenix Jones, but you know, I'm not gonna. Okay, he's tall. But Phoenix Jones <laughs> and I were on a panel together, and I was just making fun of him the whole time until he body slammed me. I played along. It was like a shoot. <laughs> For a minute, my eyes just went wide. Phoenix Jones like, wow. tells me a story on that panel. He told me this story that he was... This is a guy who's a fucking wannabe superhero on mm-hmm. the streets of Seattle. Street vigilante. And he um, had a net gun, and he says, it needs to shoot out of your gun faster than you can run. He ran into his own net and got tangled <laughs> up, and the cops had to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I have on street visuality. Hey man, just be careful. That's You're training. Perfect. You know how to use the hatchet. You know how to use this word. Good. Yeah. Geekscapists. This is what you learned today. All right. Practice. We didn't perfect. even tell you how good um, the uh, new cage book is for Marvel, but it's really good. It's really good. David Walker has uh, taken a lot of things that people love about the Netflix series and incorporated that into the character, the kind of world weariness the people keep throwing ridiculous things at me he's like this is not a good idea so seeing that play out in that book is doing really well i'm also enjoying uh unstoppable wasp from jeremy whitley which is this super empowering female story about girls being smart and figuring things out my my young my youngest daughter she takes tinkering club in west side so she does like this engineering thing she knows how to use a bandsaw now she's seven (laughs) your whole family's weaponized yeah. So, <laughs> and in the same range, Squirrel Girl, who's a computer scientist. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much science and intellectual stuff woven into the storytelling that I really love what Ryan North does there. Uh, and also Romulus, uh, which is a very intense story from Brian Edward Hill over at Image and at Top Cow. He's a, one of my good friends uh, with Nelson Blake, who did the art for me on Artifacts. That's a really good book that I'm enjoying. So, Geeks gave us, you got your comics recommendation, you got some movie recommendation. Video games, we'll get to that stuff for sure. Uh, listen to Geekscape Games if you haven't. Uh, that's our podcast on the Geekscape Network. If you want more Hannibal, he's going to be at the Geekscape booth here I'll in San Diego. There. That's booth 3919. We want to see you guys in San Diego. Obviously, if you're not able to make it, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram, all that stuff on the road to Comic-Con. Hannibal can be found at operative.net mm-hmm. and also his own website. HannibalTaboo.com. HannibalTaboo.com. You can find Lindsay on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, I'm there. Lindsay K. Floyd. And Geekscapers, you can find us here next week. Um, enjoy the Spider-Man Homecoming special that's also up on the feed. And we'll be here on our road to Comic-Con. Geekscapers, thank you. Leave those reviews on iTunes. Love you. Bye.